All right, let's pull out our braid and interconnect. Plugging in. <laughs> so we'll explain that in a moment. So this week I was listening to, uh, I was kind of catching up on a bunch of episodes of my, I'll just, it is my favorite, my favorite pop culture podcast. It's called Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's an NPR podcast uh, based out of Washington, D.C. I've been listening to it for eight years, nine years, 10 years, something like that. I don't know, a long time. I adore it. Uh, they, about a year or two ago, went from being a weekly podcast to a daily podcast. And I only say that uh, in context because I think for anyone who's ever listened to a podcast or went to a restaurant that turned into a chain restaurant or a restaurant with a bunch of outlets, that is a very difficult transition. So I, I want to give them that, uh, that, uh, that caveat. I was listening to one of their daily episodes and it was about Matilda the Musical now available on Netflix, uh, which I watched and enjoyed with my kids. Um, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Um, and in their conversation about it, it inevitably gravitated, after they talked about things they kind of liked, to the, to the part that it very soon was revealed that most of the panelists on this show discussing this work of pop culture had a problem with. And then a woman a panelist on it said, Emma Thompson in it plays uh, Miss Trunchbull. If you're familiar with the Roald Dahl story or any of the previous iterations of Matilda, uh, the musical or non-musical versions, uh, who is a uh, former like a uh, hammer thrower. So she's like a, she's a woman built like a brick shit house. She uh, huge shoulders, uh, you know, like massive, very strong lady. Uh, so Emma Thompson is more slight than that. And uh, so had prosthetics on her face and then on her shoulders and her breasts and her hips, and, you know, it's all over the place. So they said, I think we're at the point where we need to consider people who put on fat suits the same as people who wear blackface. I thought someone would respond to that with some sort of retort of like, well, even that. Uh, instead, the sort of like host of the panel on that day was like, yeah, yeah. The woman went on to talk about how every time someone puts a fat suit on that they're signaling to an oppressed people uh, mockery by the very people who oppressed them, skinny people. So that was just such an elaborate presentation of essentially religious ideology, but it also just had me going, and again, I'm biased as an actor and performer and creator of things where I cannot wait to be cast as whatever, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, I'll play, I'll play any of them. Martin Luther King Jr., I'll play him. I don't care, I'll do it right now. Um, I was, my initial thought was, why can't we enjoy anything anymore? You're ruining everything. And then me and I started talking about it to expand it even further because this applies to Avatar, I think pretty dominantly in a way that we've all seen. And that's a hugely uh, like monumentally billion dollar successful movie that we all can relate to. So we're gonna talk about that too. And I thought we should bring Woman King into it because that was a good like real based on a true story example that's, that suffered from the same slings and arrows of like, uh, hold on a second. What actually happened was uh, all of that to say today on Totally Classic, we are going to be asking the question, is this movie racist? My name is Brendan McNamara. And my name is Andy Swindler, which recently um, anecdotally, I realized my father believes hmm. D is silent. I've been DL is a very challenging like thing to pronounce. Mm -hmm. I kind of can't do it without the 
it's like blue. Like there's always a buh, blue. Buh, blue, yeah. Yeah, there's the uh, So swindler. swindler. I, I've been, I think I've spent my entire life trying to say it without the swindler. Yeah, and then swindler. My dad, he's explaining this to my girlfriend. He's like, oh yeah, the D's silent, it's swindler. I'm like, what? Swindler. A silent D, how dare you? I mean, that's, uh, that is like a deathbed confession. That's a, it rocks your whole world. Your sister, she's not really your sister. What? What? <laughs> and the D is silent. What? He's silent. Where? How? Um, so yeah, so today we're going to be wrangling through, uh, uh, you know, a phenomenon that I think everyone is, a, is aware of where, uh, especially pop culture, anything really, uh, political statements, but pop culture, I think most dominantly or most freely, because I think everyone feels like they are an expert in pop culture. Uh, for some reason, like expertise in anywhere else, doesn't matter how much you consume. It's like, if you don't have a degree, but if uh, for some reason, pop culture has always been, everyone's like, nope, everyone's allowed to have an opinion on it. Uh, it's like food, right? Everyone's allowed to have an opinion on food because we all eat food. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion on movies and TV and blah, blah, blah. So, because we all watch them, listen to them. But it has gotten to a point where people say something that pretty outlandish, that blackface and wearing... Uh, a, a fat, any any sort of body enhancing, making something larger. And this has come up around the movie, The Whale, really dominantly in this award season as well. But that people wear fat suits are equivalent to people who wear blackface. And I was like, that is a new, I mean, already blackface as just something that you can't do is a new, I think everyone needs to know this. Young people, uh, famously, uh, Ted Danson, Whoopi Goldberg were dating decades ago and they went to a party uh, both in blackface and it was just like a it was just a thing it was meant to be provocative it was meant to make people upset but they just did it and it wasn't like ted danson's done Whoopi goldberg's done you just go oh that's saucy it's punk rock that's all it is it's saucy and punk rock so this whole idea of like blackface being somehow like disqualifying which it is i think in our current culture well, except Justin Trudeau was in blackface and he's still a prime minister, whatever. But it, it is a thing where you're like, oh no, there's just no circumstance you can ever do it. Um, that is a new phenomenon, uh, very new. I'd say in the past decade, it's, it's like just in the 2010s did, did it become such a thing. I, th I would actually say even adamantly, I would say in the past five years, has it become something that's like cancel, it's like a cancelable offense or a disqualifying thing. So I just want to say that for, for context in case people are unaware of that's of that um phenomenon yeah i mean i i didn't know about that i don't, <laughs> I don't follow hollywood and the awards probably as closely as you do so i didn't know I, I was supposed to cancel ted danson and thank you for that and i and whoopi goldberg yeah well no she's okay though because she you know <laughs> she gets it on it uh, she's, she's been canceled twice i think for uh holocaust remarks so okay. yeah she's uncancelable yeah. Don't let her off the hook. White dude, yeah. though, no. And yeah, yeah right. Uh, I'm gonna go. You know, later atone for all of the episodes of The Good Place I watched. So, good show, good <laughs> show, good and show. talk about sticking the landing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And what a great segue. This is the this is my thesis that I'll just say out loud, uh, as opposed to uh, meandering as we often do. My thesis is when I was listening to NPR, uh, is 
I was like, this is like listening to like Christian programming when I was growing up, when it was like Christians talking about pop culture, where you could talk about the story and things you liked and didn't like, things that you thought were technically weak or, you know, missed the mark on the intentions of the filmmaker. But then the, always it would be followed by or interwoven by with uh, ideological conversations, meaning how does this accord in terms of the worldview of the filmmakers being most relevant with uh, biblical ideology or like the words, the, the truth of God as he has spoken it. And so I was like, this is phenomenal to me because I've always thought of NPR as a liberal institution, but at least in this podcast, and I'd say dominantly across NPR is a great example. And I love NPR. Um, they have become a phenomenally fundamentalist, relig fundamental religious organization in, the, in their worldview. And this is an, another example of the sort of woke as religion, where this is a fundamentally religious objection because it states a moral wrong and then equivocates that moral wrong to another moral wrong, which are moral wrongs by no particular basis other than sort of statement. It just says, we say these things are wrong. Black, blackface is wrong, bat suits are wrong, and they're equally bad. Rape, murder, equally bad, very, very bad and toxic, and we shouldn't be talk, let, allowing it anymore. We have to stand up against it. And I was just like, it's amazing to me to hear liberal folks where generally, like the liberal ideology as I grew up with was in the danger part of it would be everything is valid. Every viewpoint is valid. Every person's perspective on the world is valid. Um, and we all come together and enjoy that. But like, we don't live in that world anymore. Like fundamental religious objections are now kind of in some ways becoming, and especially I think on that show, um, becoming like de rigueur. Yeah, and I, I haven't had much of a chance to process that, but I mean, speaking personally, I often, you know, would list fat or sometimes might say large bodied, but, you know, yeah. there, there's a whole side note here about sort of reclaiming the word fat, actually. I, there's yeah. a whole element around that. Um, you know, I'm the, I don't know, fattest, largest I've ever been in my life at this moment. I mean, in terms yeah. of the scale, which... I won't get into like why that's not necessarily the best measurement, um, but it is a consistent one. It's one that I can kind of actually <laughs> look at the data over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe I'll say more about that on another show, but um, yeah, I don't personally like take issue as a fat person. I don't personally take issue with somebody like wearing a fat suit to play a part. That's just my immediate reflection. Uh, I wouldn't have made that correlation. So that's intriguing. And it, it, you know, it goes back to, I'm actually, I think, you know, so I'm a few episodes behind in terms of listening to our podcast. Oh yeah. Just listening to intersectionality. So kind of reminded of, oh, you yeah. can almost say like, if you're going around the intersectionality wheel, the wheel of power and privilege, yeah. should they be equivalent? Like if we're going to cancel one, one leg of it, yeah. one, one spoke of it, like should we cancel all of them equally? <laughs> is sort of what comes to mind as a question. Yeah. And this is going to relate directly to our discussion around Avatar 2, and I know you have lots of opinions as an actor about maybe not only what is the point of fiction, what is the purpose of acting, or what is the role of an actor, and certainly yeah. uh, a basic role of an actor is to play another kind of role, is to step outside of your own life and identity and to play that role, and yeah, I've acted very little, I've done lots of other things around you know, theater and some film, but um, I really respect actors. It's funny, when I was studying mindfulness, I came to the conclusion that, wow, actors are probably some of the 
when they're acting, they're probably some of the most mindful people around because I feel like you have to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's really hard to be a good actor and not be fully present to that moment and fully like immersed in that character. Yeah, yeah. Well, and well, it's 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 in some ways it is. I think it's a great benefit. And I've I've uh, uh, I remember having this argument with someone. Uh, her name was Fiona. Uh, she had walked around the world. Uh, she, I think she's the first woman to walk around the world. And she was uh, staying for a season. I think like a year. Ended up staying for a year or so. I think maybe longer at. Uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, former abode. Uh, he was deceased at the time, but his children, um, uh, she was living in a house there, um, kind of recovering from some, I don't know, some various and sundry traumas. And we argued that she had lived with some uh, native Aboriginal people, I think in Australia, and had just said that like, they were the happiest people I ever, I'd ever met. And she like longed, she was like, how do I get, I'm still like a Western person, but like, how do I get the closest to that thing, which this will draw us. I, I speak this because this has connections to the Navi uh, concept and Avatar 2, but um, she was like, how do I get that happy? And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to pause it. They aren't, I haven't visited those people. Um, but even without that, I'm going to say in my arrogance that I think as an actor, I have a much higher likelihood of higher, of greater happiness than an Aboriginal person. Because as an actor, my whole life's goal here is to inhabit the joys and pains of a multitude of people. And so just simply by volume and by variety, I'm I'm hopeful to, because this time I'm like 17 or whatever, I'm hopeful to experience happiness as a great number of people. So then hopefully I can experience a measure of Aboriginal happiness. Hopefully I can experience a, a measure of black joy. I can experience a little villainous happiness, you know? Nazi happiness, like like all of that, and I was like, and I and I think that's in many ways, perhaps it's part of our endorphin or what dopamine chase uh, in the modern world. But that's the that's the joy of acting is to be is to experience the joys and pains of a multitude of people, you know. Which is, I think, why even though I'm a I'm a Christian and I believe the Word of God is inerrant and true and foundational for my life, I've always tended towards a general liberalism because I do, as an actor, have to remain open to at least comprehending enough that I can emulate it uh, convincingly. Uh, anybody's ideology, I, you know, whether heinous or, or otherwise, you know. So I, I think what I'm hearing you say is the purpose of acting is to appropriate happiness from as many cultures as possible. But... I mean, in terms of if I'm competing with the Aboriginals, yes. Uh, yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. I would love to, for you to keep weaving in your insights as an actor. I, you know, I feel like an outsider on that particular discussion. Although I hang out with lots of actors, so. Yeah, we're so, also obnoxious. Let's also, let's not pretend actors aren't some of the more obnoxious people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird and fun. And yeah, 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 yeah. We're, in, we're all of it. Yeah, all of it. I don't like yeah. to talk very much at parties, so I'm happy to hang around with people who do. Oh, it's perfect. Theater kid parties is the best for you then. I mean, even more so than like actor parties, like theater people parties. Oh my goodness. I'll be in the corner with my peach schnapps. Thank you. That's what, yeah. that, was my, that was my dream in high school. I thought it was so cool. I was like, I walked around with a bottle of peach schnapps. Thank it's you. very particular. You're like, ah, hey, the schnapps guy. Hey, peach schnapps is here. It becomes and it's like, do you want any? Everybody's like, hell no, actually. No, all no thank you so much. I'm good. Uh, so do we want to dive a little into the... Um, and thanks again, as always, uh, you tend to build our outlines, which I appreciate. Uh, do we want to dig a little into like cost benefit, 
of this. I, like, I think that's the, to me, before, I think like, we're going to use Avatar as like the prime example of this occurring. Matilda the musical, I, just because again, it's a huge movie that Avatar 2, yeah, it happens Avatar 1 too though. But um, Avatar 2 is a huge movie. It's going to be seen I mean, worldwide by just a, an inordinate number of people, honestly. Oh. Uh, so I think it's the best example for us to really kind of dig into. But before we dig into it, well, I don't know. We can either dig into Avatar 2 first and then kind of analyze, post hoc analyze whether this sort of anal analysis is even a legitimate process. But I think that's, I wanted to get away from my sort of cagey incredulity when she said such a thing. But I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. How many fat people have been enslaved as a people just because they were fat? for example, for hundreds of years and raped and abused and stolen and that sort of thing. I don't know. So equivalent of blackface and fat thing. To me, that's like, okay, cool. Then does that mean on St. Patrick's Day, if someone um, says, kiss me, I'm Irish, that's equivalent to blackface too? Because that's what we're going to do. If, we're, if, it's, if it's for everybody, it's we got to be egalitarian about this. Uh, or should we, I don't know, have some sense of, of proportion where some, where some some harms have been greater than others um and and her her response and, and she, I, as far as i could tell she is a large she is a large-bodied black woman so she was speaking as a as a member of uh of uh, a couple of those casts um but i was still like uh no no i don't care which of those casts i'm part of you're you're not making any bang bang sense but and so since i kind of it from a kg sense i was like well hold on a second though like I don't think it's fundamentally wrong to examine the ideology, most especially of the, uh, not of the, the characters in the film, but of the filmmaker themselves in analyzing culture. Because we are being messaged by every piece of culture that we consume. You, you'd be hard pressed to find a messageless uh, bit of culture, even if it would be the jackass or whatever you know what i mean something is just like pure physical comedy hilarity or whatever there's an ideology behind everything so it's not inappropriate to examine those ideologies and to discuss whether they harm or benefit so i don't want to just be like hey which i think and there's a virulent streak in our society that's just like can we stop talking about this stuff please like all the time i do think we need to talk about it much less because i think we're making much of these things which enhances their existence it's like the more you talk about a monster, the more uh, corporeal the monster becomes. It's like, oh, I was like, when you keep saying the name Beelzebub, Beelzebub gets stronger and stronger. There is something, there is something to that in our stories uh, across all cultures like that, uh, that, that warn us about this sort of thing. But I don't think it's just evil. I think it's just more cost than benefit. It's more harm than benefit. But I think there is a benefit. And since you're in DEI spaces, I was like, <clears throat> I think you would be more enmeshed in people who are like, no, it's definably beneficial. And this is why it's important for us to do this. Yeah, I think this conversation is going to reveal a lot about how how we've trained ourselves to see the world and enter any kind of, you know, like receive media, receive information, enter a dialogue. I mean, that's a lot of what the whole show's about, but this one especially, um, I don't, I don't know. It's funny. South Park comes to mind. I don't watch that much South Park anymore, but I used to watch it yep. so much. Yeah. And I, do, I still defend it because I think it's an equal opportunity offender kind of show. Yeah. You know, he's off limits. They, they made fun of Prius drivers once. And I'm like, yep, yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's some piece of that. Um, I think there's a piece of, of like dousing joy we want to get into. Yeah. Yeah. There's a piece of, I wish I knew the attribution, but uh like we're in this naming period 
you know, some of this is just trying to find voice, you know, people maybe haven't had a voice or haven't felt like they've had a voice and we we don't necessarily have language. We haven't talked about certain things. So yeah, that feels like a lot of what's coming from like the DEI side is is like, we do, absolutely, we need to talk about these things because we just really have it. And yeah. then then in some cases, maybe the maybe the reality is we have actually talked to the, about them for a long time and, and, and people are, we need a new kind of conversation or people are whatever, yeah. like tired of it or just, whatever impatient um and in other cases i don't think we've necessarily talked about things enough or you know because it's it's like and i think the the avatar 2 example is a really good example so for a couple of reasons one is just my story being on a, a dei technology team you know it was a few weeks ago like right when it came out a couple of people on the team like we have a weekly all team meeting and they were like so excited about it they were just yeah. like, which was amazing. You should go watch it. And, and I had seen, you know, I, I'm just, I follow a lot of different, uh, I don't know. All, I try to follow lots of different things, but I'm sure it's way tilted towards, you know, DEI or sort of woke, woke culture and all that. So I was seeing all these memes, like from indigenous folks being like, boycott Avatar 2, it's bullshit. And we'll get into yeah. specifics on that. Yeah. So at that moment, I was faced with a quandary in that moment, really, because I was like, okay, I, I, kind of put first and foremost that I want to be here culturally with my team which to me yeah. actually is like not just pouring water on everybody's joy maybe yeah. not not doing the NPR thing maybe not being woke or politically correct about everything and just being like cool sounds like you watched a, a good movie or a movie you really enjoyed yeah yeah isn't that fun like that we could even fucking go to movies again <laughs> yeah yeah um so there's that, but then in the back, or not so much the back of my head, I was I was like, damn it, but we're we're a DEI team. I mean, I I feel like I gotta say something. So I decided to try to neutrally just present, like, you know, and you know, there's some controversy about this. Yes, that's that's fair game. I think for both of our worldviews, it's just like, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't have seen it. I'm not can't I'm not canceling you. I'm not saying you're <laughs> wrong. I'm not saying the movie. Yeah, wrong. yeah. I don't know enough yet. And as a team, I think it's really extra important for us to be having more of a holistic conversation about what is going on and what yeah. is people, what is the deal here. Um, so I did, and I could tell I'm an empath, so I just kind of felt, you know, like it it dampered down the room a little bit. And I was like, damn it! <laughs> so it very yeah. much relates to, I think, that question you were holding about, you know. Well, I, I, I'm calling it like, do we douse joy and why? And I, maybe you have yeah. a different phrasing of it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but it is, it is yucky. It is, well, it's not exactly yucking a yum, but it is, uh, it's saying, well, but what's going on here? Yeah. I think that's all it is. And again, I've, uh, I've, having grown up in and around the church, at least in part of my life, uh, it's a very common phenomenon in religious circles where it's like, mm, yeah, I heard that there was kind of, you know, Harry Potter, you love the Harry Potter, that's maybe, yeah. But is the sorcery stuff, is it, isn't it kind of demonic? Isn't it? I mean, that's that's exactly what's happening. It's the same is it thing. Is it rowling anti-trans and, you know. Yeah, like this is like, this is the, this is the caveat I've grown up with my entire life, which is basically, is it, yeah, but is it kind of, is it sinful? That's the question. And then it's basically then people over here have said that it's, sinful in the pop in these following ways now not having if you hadn't seen it yet i saw the backlash before I, I saw the movie so i went into it being like okay let me look let me see if it's there 
let me see if that if that exists. For, for uh, Avatar two. Yeah, for, for Avatar two. Yep. Um, because it was similar. It's the same kind of things they said after Avatar one. Um, and listen, I I liked Avatar one. I thought it was phenomenally hand fisted to the point where I was just like, uh, I couldn't. It, it was difficult for me. And it also is so. It's like it's the ideology that I grew up with that I've rolled my eyes at my entire life, which uh, is centered around native slash indigenous people are holier than other people. This is this is what I was raised with. Um, I was born in 1978. Uh, that is the dominant thesis is that indigenous people, especially like native peoples, Native Americans, Indians, I know people love all different names depending on who they are, uh, whatever. The folks who were here before before we came here, before the people who were paler like me came here. I shouldn't say we, I wasn't there. Um, but that those people were like closer to the earth and they just like got it, man. And if we had just come and did what they did, then everything would be okay. And like, we wouldn't be fighting and like we would be a more evolved people. So that is that is the ideology I've been raised with and the ideology that's still being taught as far as I know, at least as recently as like 10 years ago when I was, um, uh, I had friends who had kids and they came home and were basically like talked about this presentation they gave about how the native, like native peoples were like living the better way. That is a phenomenally uncomplicated, like that is a, that is a far too uh, unnecessarily uncomplicated presentation of a much more, that's a, it's a much more complex concept of like, who are we talking about? Different tribes were hacking other tribes to death. And some tribes were living and trying to live in the way of the leaf where they harmed no one. And of course, a lot of times those people would be the people who were being murdered or enslaved by other tribes. I was like, it's a humans are complex. It's not so simple as like all colonials are evil and all Indians are great or whatever. So and Avatar, the first one, was steeped in that, was absolutely assuming that. It was basically like, had we just come over here and just like lived with the people and learned how to like the Thanksgiving myth or whatever, if we just like learned from them how they were living, then then we'd be walking the righteous path. And and true, you know, and so it, it, at the time it was almost insane to me that I was like, the, the backlash though seemed to be coming from people who love that sort of ethos, who were like, yeah, but, and I was like, all right, well, in some ways I was like, all right, y'all people can't be pleased. And I feel that way a little bit of Avatar 2 as well. But I went into Avatar 2 being like, well, but I know how ham-fisted the first one was. And when you're ham-fisted, you can please a lot of people and everyone gets it, the good, the evil of it. But when you remove, dare I say, nuance or just even complexity, like when you when you basically do a story kind of like a child, then you're going to piss off a lot of grown-ups. So I was like, are these grown-ups rightly pissed off? And it's a good question to ask about anything, anything you watch. Can we, can we make sure we have a shared definition of ham-fisted? Ham-fisted, yes. Uh, I guess for me, ham-fisted is um, is literally, I mean, I picture it like someone literally has two big like um, Thanksgiving hams and that's how they're sort of assembling their image or even drawing. So it's like putting a, a model together and you're like this. And so it's just big meatball yeah. over the plates. Like, of course, in the first Avatar, the bad guy is like, I can't wait till we can use violence against these in these reprehensible beasts you know what i mean and the good people are like we must listen to the earth the earth is our mother you know what i mean like the, the good people are like really quite good <laughs> like phenomenally good and the bad people are like pretty much all bad they added some degree of of shading 
greater shading in the second movie, like allowing the like ferocity and like in some ways like enjoyment of ferocity in the Navi, and then the the mm. soft the softness amongst the sort of the, the wicked colonial colonizers, or really even like corporate colonizers to be more specific, but. Um, they allowed some shading in the, in the next movie where those people were allowed to see, you're allowed to see kind of what was gross about both people, which kind of lacked, was lacking, I think, in the first movie. Oh, so, and yeah. By, yeah. There, there would probably be spoiler alerts. <clears throat> there might be, yeah. That's a trick. I mean, Avatar, spoiler alert, Avatar 2 is Avatar 1, but bigger and more water. I mean, like, almost to the point of like, they pulled the skeleton and they were like, Okay, they must learn a new culture. First, they must learn to ride this thing. Then they must learn to ride this thing and more deeply connect with this thing. They must let go of preconceptions. And then the bad guys will try to kill them all. <laughs> and, <laughs> You're like, okay. I'm glad to hear you say that because I just, I, okay, so I finally saw it. Um, I think it's really good, by the way. I thought Avatar 2 was better than the first one and I thought it was really good. It's visually stunning. It's, yeah. a, it's a roller coaster ride. I mean, I think my my you know whole body was buzzing for the the third hour. <laughs> yeah. Active, which is yeah, which is really hard to do. Yeah, and I wasn't even in. I did three D. I guess high frame rate, which I I still struggle with that. It just seems weird to me. But yeah, uh, but I didn't do the four D X. Have you ever sat in one of those? No, no, I haven't. I've seen them at, at the movie theater. I did one, and I'm forgetting what movie it even was. Um, but it was. It's wild. I mean, it like turns the movie into a roller coaster and it's like yeah. a water jet. It's like spraying you with water and shit. Yeah. It's like, actually, PSA, don't do that if you have like neck issues or, or whiplash. Yes. Or, like seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. So I actually, P- yeah. I was or like, any PTSD. Yeah. I, so, the, and I was like, there's a theater here in Chicago that has recliners. And I was like, okay, we'll do recliners and 3D. And um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I thought, structurally it was pretty boring I, I actually didn't care about any of the characters you know like when some of them died I was kind of like okay yeah. oh yep so, you know <laughs> better than it. so it's yep. better than a roller coaster ride and 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 that's it um I was I don't know casually boycotting it I don't go to that many movies so it wasn't it's not hard for me to boycott a movie in the movie I just I just do yep. what I do. uh and then really I knew we were going to talk about this and I thought it's going to be really damn hard to talk about a movie that I haven't seen and so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About buying tickets for another movie and then sneaking into Avatar 2. So this wouldn't yeah. go to the box office count. But yeah. then I also realized that my $50, which is like, I, you know, you used to spend $2 for a movie. I'm such an old man. Um, yeah, yeah. They're still out there. Is is the, you know, the 1.7 billion or whatever it is, like, yeah. is not going to make a huge dent. And, I, and I'm going to put it in my research budget. So all, there's all oh, the comments uh, of, of why I saw Avatar 2. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't know. You're you're a better film critic than I am. You're you're you did that professionally for a long time. Uh, but yeah, it's like fun and super derivative. <laughs> so it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it's as with any film. I always, I try to. It's not always true, but I, I try to regard the film on my best estimate of what its intended merits were. And I think Avatar Two is phenomenally successful at doing exactly what it endeavored to do. Um, I I would like it to have endeavored to do more, you know what I mean? But in some ways, uh, and I feel and, and I think, but I, but I think that it did, it was like a 
it was an eight out of 10 or nine out of 10 in terms of what it was trying to be. Now, the movie I would have liked it to have been, it's like a, you know, it's a six or a seven, six maybe. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, I, I would have enhanced it in all these other ways, but I wouldn't make a movie. I don't think I have any need to make a movie that would make $2.5 billion around the world. That's just not how my brain works. Cam James Cameron has, has fat pitches over the plate. He's like, he's like a T, not even a pitch. It's like, he's like sets up a freaking T-ball yeah. situation where anyone, but that's, but it's super smart, man, because it, he, he gets his, the messages he wants in there. And then, and I don't think, feel like most of them are harmful. Most of them are, are kind and good and people around the world in every culture around the world, get it. You're not, you're not missing very much. Again, this is what like being really broad or in some ways simple, maybe too simple for some minds is it's a it's a wise idea if you want to make this monumental impact, especially if you think the messages that you are delivering, uh, protection for the earth, uh, the uh, comprehensive understanding and not, uh, what is it, not dehumanizing indigenous, the way of life of indigenous people, uh, the rapacious uh, danger of... Uh, unconscious capitalism. I mean, those big messages are front and center, hanging like dangling over your face, like like eyebrows, un, un, uh, untrimmed eyebrows in the film. And if he wants to get that message to the entire population of China and the entire population of India and Denmark and Sweden and Borneo and the United States, then, then you, it's tenable that you just kind of have to make a film that way. So this is great. I think you kind of just an answered it, but I was thinking, let's each do like, what do we think it set out to do and what did it actually do? Yeah, like, yeah. The version of what did it actually do? Do you think it set out to make those points as well? Oh, abs oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The ferocity, the, I think it, this one was even more dominantly about parenting. Specifically, Avatar 2 was trying to say that like a father, a father's duty is protect. He literally said it out loud twice. But it's a mother's duty as well, since they have like a ferocious mother character who is oh, yeah. as as dangerous. She just is less knowledgeable about about the people she's fighting because they're not like her people or whatever. Mom rage scene. I really, you know. Yeah, full on mom rage. And even but it also highlighted the danger of mom rage in that like to me, that was like where spoiler alert, where her rage at one point goes to a point where you're like, oh, no, like she's in villain territory right now. She's becoming a villain to defeat the villain. And you're like, that's that's not great, but that's good. We got to see that, right? Because that's this is life. Like this is what happens with anybody, right? If you go and kill the Nazis, but then you start really like stabbing Nazis in the chest and twisting the thing, and you're like, you know what? This German boy might have been conscripted, might hate being here, but he's like, I just have to do it. So we got to balance. We have to. It's not nuance, really. It's actually just seeing the scenario. Um, so yeah, that was the only I think new element he added. Yeah, corporations are not to be trusted. Uh, the natural world, whale, whalers are terrible. Uh, the natural world is something that we are all designed to protect. And if we don't protect it, it will destroy us. Uh, <laughs> uh, those, those messages were, were very, um, were pretty dominant, you know, and that tribal living, uh, there's great benefit in tribal living where everyone is accountable one to another. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much aligned with all of those uh, coming out uh, with yeah. big, ham, big hams. Uh, to, to yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. 
what would you have liked to have seen? What 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 message you know would have gotten you from a six to a eight? Oh, interesting. Um, I think less messaging would have been nice. I didn't need to hear him say out loud that like the father's duty is to protect. Um, I want more exploration. I want more confusion. Uh, I want since the Iowa, the sort of like non-day, the organism that the people worship. I was like, that's I, that's one of my th most fascinating aspects of Avatar, because essentially Iowa is sort of the you would initially describe her as like the goddess, the Gaia of uh, Pandora, this like uh, alien world. However, it's sort of revealed over time, and they talk about it in the very beginning of this film too, near the beginning, that Iowa is kind of an organism unto herself. And then everyone on Pandora, like even the creatures act as like white blood cells to like defend. So it's actually just an organism. So they're just worshiping another organism. And I was like, okay, so that's sort of weird. You're like, why does that organism reign? And then what is, what are, what are Iowa's intentions? Like isn't Iowa's intentions just purely survival? And then we, like, we don't know, you know what I mean? And so, uh, since Iowa is an absolute good or a censored, the like the lawgiver, that the, this is the way, that nature itself is our sole teacher. I mean, that to me is an area. Maybe it'll come in the third movie, but it probably won't happen at all. So I was like, especially with like the priest characters who like interpret or the, you know, the sort of like shaman slash priests um, interpreting Iowa. And there is one woman who's like in connection with Iowa, but then that kind of just turned into like, powers the able the ability she basically just had like iowa manip like nature manipulative powers so i was like all right this is just more like a marvel this is like a superhero thing more than it is like a a connection to uh, essentially what seems like an unthinking it's not a caring source like iowa doesn't care about anything or care about anybody as far as we know there's no so it's it's a very it's a non-relational organism slash god being and that we're somehow just supposed to immediately accept that that god being is munificent and then these rapacious capitalists are are wicked and i was like but we of course their own ideology was self-service as well but i was like well wait a second though that's the same ideology iowa lives to serve herself these people live to serve themselves in whatever they see as benefit. So I was like, there's a complex, that's strange, right? Because that's pretty much the same. It's what it's the same ideology versus the same ideology in the broadest sense. So I was like, I don't know how to explore that exactly. I'd have to sit with James Cameron for the two years it took to write the script um, and be like, how do we address that? And I was like, and honestly, if you want to make a $2.5 million box office movie, you don't talk about that. Mm. <laughs> but that would be that that would be better you know didn't he write these a long time ago was it like you know, <laughs> 80s or at least the I think yeah like an initial version i think they've changed a ton uh actually for a while for people who are really into pandora the navi initially had six breasts take that where you will <laughs> if you really want to get weird you want to get weird with it well well which tying this into the the Actually, the fat dialogue, you know, culturally elevating thinness. Yeah. And we don't, this is a, probably a whole other discussion, right? But because we've talked a little offline about this, like that, I, that struck me. Like the Navi are these very tall, slender, yeah. fit beings, you know, yeah. fit by a certain standard fit. Um, 
so anyway, that that's a curiosity, just how were they portrayed? So and and very yeah. human, you know. It's I kind of want to. It's almost like a Star Trek, like yes. well, they're basically humanoid, and, and oh, they have you know three fingers instead of four, and obviously yeah. that's a huge plot point about the DNA. But um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that. Uh, my big question though, going in, is was like. I didn't feel, and I, I watched it twice actually, because I watched it, I wanted my kids to maybe see it, but I wanted to see it first and see like if that was, it was like, okay. Cause it is pretty flipping. And it's more just has to do with intensity of violence and that sort of thing. And like, I don't want my kids desensitized to violence any earlier than, than they are going to be desensitized to violence. So uh, my wife and I saw it first and then we, and I was like, okay, I think that we can hang with this. Um, and then what what is the ideology? Cause again, I, again, in, in a akin to woke, thing i watch films with my children and then speak to them about the ideological uh intentions behind the films that we watch and the ways in which i'm like i don't agree with that and here's why and if you do you, what do you think about that do you agree with that do you disagree with me i like i, I think culture pop culture especially is intended to foster conversation within ourselves and conversation with others pop culture is not best consumed as like that was good La, 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 la. You know what I mean? No, no. So in some ways, even backlash is is better than, oh yeah, that was, it was a great movie. And then say nothing else, you know? But I did not find the criticisms that I have heard of it in terms of blue face. Uh, the thinness one is interesting. Although I just say, that's another one. Like, let's examine that. Like, is that a, but is that is that right or wrong, basically? Like would, and I don't know this too. I've never seen Native Americans represented on screen pre-colonial uh, uh with any fat people right there was like there's no fat people and in general like would we ever be fat or obese would there be any obese people outside of some form of hierarchical rapaciousness like the and, and but again i don't even I, I literally don't know the answer to that i'm assuming we would have little to none but i don't know if that's if that's if that's entirely true so in which case, yeah. like if, if we were connected with the earth and constantly moving, there'd be bigger people, you know, wider people. There'd be people who would never have a six pack. They might have like a, like a sort of like firm belly or whatever, but there'd be no, I don't think there'd be fat on anybody's bodies. Yeah, probably uh, for lots of reasons. And I don't know either. Uh, yeah. We, we hold that. I, I do know that, you know, sometimes the, the, the thinness, you know, not only is it, um, I don't know. Some people would say materially anti-women because it's we're 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 still constantly looking at like magazines and dolls that have like artificially yeah 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 which actually there was a preview for the new Barbie movie and I'm like really curious like what the what the message of that movie is gonna yeah be. oh they will address it I mean Greta Gerwig directed it so there's oh. no way they will not talk about unrealistic uh, body expectations yeah uh, and they should and again ideologically I think they should I think we should examine those things you know, and but just, yeah very broadly like European features, facial features might be like thinner lips. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've talked a little bit about how you brought up actually how the, how we're actually culture, sh culture is shifting to like, you know, larger buttocks and, and like, things yeah, where, yeah. there's a whole side discussion around that. And like, is that appropriate yeah. and all this, uh, you yeah, know, where, yeah. what, what, but it's, it's a pretty fascinating question. Like what sort of in, indigenous cultures would, would, potentially would people be, you know, large bodied, 
And by the way, this, I didn't read this criticism. This was just, I was just noticing this maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I just sort of am sensitive to like that um, as a, as a thing where they were putting out, maybe fetishizing, maybe uplifting, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I like to be like, oh, this movie is a cross between, you know, whatever. And it was like, maybe Moana meets Waterworld meets Starship Troopers meets Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A few others. Although when I remembered Starship Troopers, I was like, I mean, that was a movie I thought that was incredibly well done in terms of actually actually having a point. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. One of the most like virulently sarcastic military industrial complex warning films I think of that has ever been made. Yeah, um, but then Moana is, is fascinating because I remember the first time I saw it, it was like, okay, here is a Disney princess who's being drawn outside of the kind of European caricature. Of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know which yeah. region of the world you'd want to point to, but non-European features, uh, facial features and and whatnot. Uh, and I love that movie, I, you know, and I think I got, you know, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I should dig in more, but I feel like some of, I feel like Disney is hopefully doing a better job anyway than the past mm. <laughs> of truly uh, weaving in different, you know, cultures. And uh, why am I afraid? I'm forgetting all the names of them, but, you know, the one that was focused more on Colombian culture. I mean, I know somebody from Colombia and she was like, she felt honored. She was like, you know, that was like a really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which one was that? You remember? <laughs> Encanto. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, and it was like, so I'm like, well, that's something. I mean, I'm not here to like defend Disney at large, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I had to do with Moana, I like Moana a lot. That's actually one of my favorite of the past, like the past run. Um, uh, although there's some songs in Tangled. There's like one song in Tangled that I think might be the best song of the past, like 20 years of Disney. But anyway, um, with Moana, the only thing that ideologically, I was like, okay, let's examine this girls. Cause I did this, this is like the Christian version of the woke examination. I was like, okay, so disobeying her parents, right? So dishonoring her parents and being like, I don't care what you say. I'm not going to do what you say because it's not going to help. Let's examine that. In and of herself, like her, how did she know that she was right, right? That's a something like, should I want to encourage my children not to disobey me just because they don't want to do something uh, and, and at least have hope that the reason I've told them to do things is for a cohesive reason. Uh, also, though, I want them to have the ability to check out when mom and dad are wrong. And in which case, if you are straight up legitimately incorrect, then at a certain age anyway, um, you, it, is, it, is, it is on you to behave morally, whether or not it accords with what mother mm. and father have said. Because I'm aware now, I was aware beforehand, but even more so as a parent of how Disney hates parents. Um, they kill them. Now it's part about like untethering children from strictures and that stuff. But they kill them like crazy. And if they don't kill them, then they paint them as like they don't they don't kill them as much now. They didn't frozen obviously. But uh, Encanto is a great example. Moana is a great example. Uh, the the panda one um, turning red. Uh, parents are simply just like your mom and dad are just wrong. They're they're old fashioned in their thinking and they're just flipping wrong. They're wrong and you're trust right. The trust the mouse. Yeah, you should just, you should go do this yourself. And then, and then basically, the, Encanto and uh, Turning Red both were basically about 
the 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 real uh, sort of victory in both of those was the parents apologizing to the children. Mm. I was like, oh, so that's the new ideology is we're so sorry. Now, see, if it, that was absent from any other ideology, you'd be like, okay, well, yeah, there are some times when that's important. Parents do have to apologize when they do the wrong thing with their children. And if parents don't know how to apologize, oh my goodness, what what is your deal? However, if your parents are apologizing because they're not doing things the way that you like them to be, that's not that's not a reason to apologize. That's not a wrong just because you don't like something. And because Disney has its own ideological uh, uh, impetus as they've specifically been found on camera discussing, what they're saying is when your parents don't think like we do, disobey your parents. And, and try to, and it would be best if they would apologize for not thinking like you do and like we do, kids. Because you're probably, so probably yeah. going on a wild adventure and find some magic superpower. <clears throat> yeah, because Moana could have just drowned. She could have, in the real version of that, uh, uh, Maui would have raped her um, for sure. He was a god. He would take what he wanted. Uh, so in some ways, you're like, eh, eh, eh. You just went on an adventure with this extreme, like a, a large bodied man, virile man who could overpower you at any time and has no reason not to, has no tribal affiliation, is a god, can do what he wants. Pretty much how most god stories, I mean, Zeus turned into all sorts of animals to 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 do that to people. So well, in many ways- The entire plot is he took what he wanted and fucked up everything, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So why wouldn't he keep doing that? It's because it's a kid's movie that he didn't. So then, but I love Moana, but again, steeped in ideology. Of that you're like, eh, pretty problematic. There's, but this is the problem is, do I, did I, you know, start posting about that and start being like, hey, everyone, hey, this is something really, no, let's talk about it in person. I think that's a normal thing. But being like, I don't know, this problem, don't go see this movie because of this, this, and this. That happened in the Christian community, by the way, pretty dominantly for turning red. Mm. Um, and I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't think that's the way. I think the way is to go see it for yourself and then argue those things out. Is that ideology incorrect? You know what I mean? Like, is everyone being thin, like, and not thin, like skinny, but fit. Is everyone being fit better? Flipping yes. Yes, it is literally better. So if you don't feel like you're represented there, get fit and then you're represented. Or if you're flipping sick and ailing, they have, they have systems of dealing with that in their culture too, in which case, that you're literally physically broken. Okay. But like, this is always the thing. And then this is the wild thing too, that like you can be happy with representation when you're like Colombian style, but then when they put like Maori stuff or Navajo stuff or whatever in Avatar, then people are like, this is blue face or whatever. Then it's appropriation. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I don't. The, I, I don't, now maybe you understand because it's more, maybe it's more nuanced in the conversations that you guys have about these sorts of things. But I was like, I don't, under, those seem contradictory to me. So I was like, wait, either you want to be represented or you don't. And these are blue. The great thing about Navi or science fiction in general is no one gets to be offended. I mean, you can be offended, but I don't, like anyone who is any native person who was like, I'm offended by Avatar 2, I don't care. I don't care. Your offense is not grounded in reality. You're angry about cat people and you're angry about someone using aspects of your culture because they thought they were cool in just kind of like, oh, one of 19 things in this one scene that they like drew upon 
It was like they did the kind of like haka. They had they had like Maori style tattoos. They they hired a Maori man to be the head, Cliff Curtis, to play the head of the like the water tribe. Mm-hmm. But then Kate wins and then Kate Winslet was the was the uh, queen of the tribe or whatever the the the, the like whatever um, the other head of the tribe, the matron. Um, and you're like, good, isn't that good? So you have a little bit of representation if that matters to you. I don't think it matters. Um, and then secondly, then you have, then you're not just being like, well, you have to cast all Maori people if you made reference to Maori people amongst other things. You're like, no, representation would be Navi. You would cast Navi people. So like, to me, I was like any native organization who was like, this is blue face and they're, they're appropriating our culture. I would just say, ultimate, I would have the conversation with them. We can have a six hour conversation about it. But the first thesis is get over yourself. And you have no you have no basis of being irritated, so that's always what my likewise with the, the same thing with the fat suit on Emma Thompson. A, it wasn't a fat suit. She wasn't a fat character. So this is why again the NPR thing made me so furious. She wasn't fat. She had huge shoulders, big boobs. She was just like a, a she was built like a house. She was one of those kind of people. Like for example, speaking of native people who tend towards largeness, like Samoan like a, a Samoan dude, a big old Maori bouncer. Like, you know what I mean? So people who like Polynesian uh, people tend towards like some flipping girth. There's some girthy people. Um, and so I was like, that's all she was. She was a girthy piece. So are you phenomenally fit? I think you're fat and you're just tr- turning her into a fat suit. It wasn't a fat suit. But then you also, you have no cause. So then what's the deal? Like either fat people are in stories as complex human beings, sometimes villains, sometimes heroes, or... What, like what what is the solution the problem is is like when people seem to complain about everything then it's just like especially representation wise then it's what, what what will satisfy it like what would have made for example the blue face thing okay like would you have had you'd have to hire someone from each and every tribe that you reference like a navajo like it have to and then what if those actors sucked you know what i mean this is the same thing with emma thompson emma thompson's fantastic find me someone with that body type who's as good as emma thompson good flipping luck you're like, yeah, but you got to give me opportunities. So then maybe someday they'll be as good. Well, no, no, you don't. You don't have to take someone who is flipping phenomenal at everything she does. Like I would, when you hired Kate Blanchett to play Bob Dylan, you weren't like, oh, that's messed up. She's a woman. I'm like what? You could hire- celebrated this gender blind casting. You know? Yeah, gender and colorblind casting and whatever, like, right? Bridgerton or Lord of the Rings or like we're doing it all the time. And now, so somehow like, I mean, as a, I, I'm not even making these movies, but if I was making these movies, I would just be like, no one's satisfied. Like no matter what we do, like we either hire diversely, like literally any, it's, it's, anyone can be all these different people, which is I think the better way because div- continually dividing by these characters, uh, these characteristics and pretending they're immutable or somehow irrelevant, like mon- monstrously relevant, especially when talking about aliens, then that that's better so then being represented is good but then being represented as good is not necessarily just good I, I was like i literally i don't know and i read the complaints but i was like i don't know what native peoples are angry about with avatar 2 in terms of like anything tenable so that's my point like so but you watched it though knowing those complaints and i was like were their complaints legitimate or are there complaints based in like they're wrong they're literally just straight up wrong well, I have I have come here today prepared to definitively <laughs> for everybody for everyone yeah 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 listen to my words um 
Well, I want to slightly backtrack to to answer the three questions that you did, and yeah. that'll naturally weave us right into this. Um, yeah, and sort of get there. So, you know, the most generous thing I I think it set out to do. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, I mean like we've discussed, I mean, I think it set out to be a blockbuster movie and an action ride. And it, <laughs> yes. And it succeeded. It's fucking James Cameron, folks. Like, look at his resume. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, he's, okay. yeah, he's um, good at this. So, and the most generous piece, even in reading some of his quotes that I didn't like, which we, there's one in particular I want to get to because- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a very different reaction to that. Uh, I, I, I believe somewhere in his heart, you know, that he- actually cares about American Indians and wants to yeah. somehow convey a message that the yeah. colonization is bad and and this is this is you know something we need to know about and, and care about and think about and talk about and do something about. Yeah. I am in terms of what it did accomplish, uh yes, a big blockbuster, a fun ride. I am very skeptical that very many people left that movie inspired to research about the history and the current plight of American Indians, uh, or material contribute materially contribute to any of these things. I mean, hell, even in my life, I mean, I'm pretty into a lot of this, and he, he, that issue in particular is one that I find elusive because we've yeah. so successfully erased them and scattered them to the winds. Uh, and so, and and even in saying that, I want to be quite careful because even in that, it, it, there's this um, imagination that they're not with us and among us, and 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 there's a kind of weird celebration of of colonization. Even in saying that, like, well, it sucks that we did that, but we also successfully did that. And I'm like, well, we actually didn't totally successfully do that. So I don't know. There's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one of the things I think it did, in addition to the list you said, which I um, basically agree with, is. You know, there's that one scene you reminded me of uh, where somebody has a seizure, at least that's like the colonist Western thing we'd call it. And then they're trying to use their medicine, which I actually thought that was weird. I don't know if I missed something, but I'm like, where did that ship come from? <laughs> like, it just seemed like the, this way to like deliver like three plot points at once. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. But, uh, but then the, the, the colonist West, I'm going to call it Western medicine, didn't work. And then and then the the indigenous you know mother came in with with her medicine and at first she's like oh i see i'm not needed here and they were like no fuck yeah you're needed here because this isn't working and then it and then it worked <laughs> yeah 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 so there's a, a piece of that like yeah there, there there are ways of doing things you know not not natural medicine homeopathic indigenous whatever you know we want to call it yeah um what i would have liked for it to to, to address say say the themes you you know protection for the earth don't dehumanize indigenous people and an unconscious capitalism. I would have liked for it to deliver those in more meaningful ways and not wrap mm -hmm. them in this sugar pill of a violent, beautiful action movie. Because yeah. that to me is very desensitizing. And not only did I just kind of not care about anybody because I thought it was just sort of trite, <laughs> but like I didn't yeah. leave inspired beyond the way I already am to, to go to care about the people that theoretically it was speaking to um and it in the, the the pushback around appropriation is interesting for lots of reasons and you know because part of it is is a little maybe contradictory because it's like we see some of ourselves in there we see enough of ourselves in there to be call it appropriation and yet not enough of ourselves in there to be accurate or to to deliver our message or and yeah and I didn't know that the 
the, there was a Maori in there. So that's interesting. Uh, I think part of the controversy is like, it's the representation in acting, which we've talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe also in like the story. Like, I don't know where there were there people, you know, there were five people credited for the story. I'm like, who are those yeah. people? Other than the four other than James Cameron. Um, or did they bring in consultants or strategists or yeah, you know, whatever? I have to assume Disney's doing that, by the way. Like, like they're yeah, they're they're getting enough right, I think, about these different cultures they're exploring. So um yeah. And well, yeah, but this oh, specifically this this phenomenon that I had heard about in the book Sandtalk, uh that's uh literally called post-avatar depression syndrome. <laughs> yeah came about the first movie and we're we're seeing it again so but uh go ahead and then we can dig into this no i was just saying that like avatar is a sci-fi movie and people are arguing about the aliens not representing them enough they're aliens they took inspiration from whatever they want but they're alien people so whether you borrow a maori thing or a hell's angel jacket or a irish uh face some of the face paint was almost more like uh euro tribalistic um so, so, so what like they're navi you don't they don't own you don't own any of them navajos don't maoris don't they're flipping aliens so then the sensitivity aspect in terms of like ooh, because it's reminiscent of and this is why i think he speaks in a broad aim which is Indigenous, which would mean every human being on the earth is a descendant of an indigenous person. There's none of us, none of us who are not indigenous to somewhere. So that's all of us, which means at some point, cultures come in and try to alter and change the way you've been doing things, which is what wokeness is all about. Coming into a culture and trying to change and saying, nah, this is how we're doing it now. And everyone's like, no, we don't like this. This is uh, go woke, go broke. You know what I mean? And that's that's resistance. That's native resistance to outside influence or even outside slash inside influence. But that's the thing of like people being mad because there's aspects of their culture that are echoed here. Aspects of everybody's culture are echoed here. There's, there's no, it, do we living in the United States of America kind of catch that? We're like, oh, it is similar to our like our most recent like experience with like harm industrial industrial grade harm to indigenous people absolutely but again this is universal movies this that means people in china be feeling the same thing people in australia the same thing people in and so there's this tendency to this is the narcissism aspect of indigenous people angry about avatar 2 where they're like this is about me this is about my struggle no, it isn't. They made it about aliens. So it's not about your struggle, Navajo. It's now, are we going to see that? Sure. And can it be about your struggle? Absolutely it can. And, and does it bear echoes of it? Absolutely it does. It bears echoes to my struggle, uh, like the, the struggle of my people historically, of the British coming in and like literally be like, this is how you do it. I don't care. You don't speak your language anymore. If you do, we'll imprison you. We'll kill you. We'll take all your food. We'll break. You know what I mean? This this happens around the world. This is a this is a common experience. And so, but because I'm like, mm, I don't know. They didn't have any Irish actors, and they really used woad, especially the like base makeup was really woadish. And like, I don't like no. What what is what is what is up with you that even when we turned it into aliens, you somehow make it about yourself? 
I was like, that is, to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's egregious narcissism to then anticipate and expect that people have to do it because you see yourself in there that yourself has to be represented. And what's wrong with your narcissism that you can't see yourself represented by everybody? I can see myself represented in the ideology of James Cameron who, and his life and my life are not the same. <laughs> we are not the same people, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's the part to me. I'm just like, I don't, th this, is the, this is the joy of sci- I was like, you're ruining sci-fi when you're like, well, you're not representing the people which you based one seventeenth of this on accurately. And I was like, they're cat people, man. This is where we literally do it this way so we don't have to have these conversations which are distracting from the thing of how do we do this? How do we be the villain and the hero in this story in our own lives? Sure, in a grand scale, but uniquely it should motivate you and I as to like, ooh, how do I colonize myself? How do I rapaciously, how do I destroy my own intuition with industrial media fed thinking? You know what I mean? I mean, this is like, it's so much bigger than like what tribe I'm from or what race I am or gender I am or stuff like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. So to me, it's like in some way, yeah, I don't know. That's my response. That's how I read You don't even want to hear the conversation I had with my cat about this movie. Oh my, now that, that, that would have a far more legitimate case. I mean, in terms of the, the visual cues. So I think you, you know, <laughs> really one of the pieces in there I want to pull out is is this yeah. idea of not being seen, and so yeah. to me, to me that's where so much of this stuff comes from is about yeah. dominant narrative, and then and then people who are particularly marginalized or oppressed in various ways, or in the case of American Indians, you know, brutally slaughtered and now face yeah. cases extraordinarily high rates of of suicide and extraordinarily low rates of life expectancy compared to other. Um, populations within the united states in particular yeah being seen for that and not and that not being addressed in a meaningful way and so, yeah. so to me like that's part of what's being like shoehorned into this critique is like yeah is 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 a very legitimate not being seen problem and then it's over yeah. here like oh well you see it when it's uh like an a, you know semi you know amalgamated indigenous sort of character yeah, yeah. uh that that you know, in some ways represents and in other ways doesn't. And this, well, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. Um, you know, one of the things that, that did stand out to me, you kind of, you mentioned it, like they, they came close, they came a, a little bit away from the sharp binary of like, well, the, the Navi yeah. are good, all this are all bad. And there was yeah, you know, yeah. actual humanization there or Naviization. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in a weird way, I felt like I left thinking like, well, wait a minute, even the worst bad guy isn't as bad as, I've learned the colonists yeah. were to the American Indian. Like he didn't actually kill that many people at the end of the thing. He, you know, he spared a few. So that that was a strange quality of of like of like whitewashing in a way, or or I don't know, making him nicer than he could be. And then yeah. and then the main character, the hybrid white guy, former soldier, this way that that he's not only been you know accepted into a culture and learned their ways but he no. rises to the top he rises to be the prime the, the chief or the most prominent person and yeah. then again they, they basically implant an entire family into this i'm thinking avatar 3 is going to be either yeah. desert yeah. or snow i'm just calling it right now like <laughs> yeah 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 volcano maybe volcano yeah um but one thing i, I want to you know touch on i mean going maybe just a couple of cameron's actual quotes would be a good oh, yeah Thing to land on and you know one of them actually 
me find it. I mean, there's tons and I'm sort of tempted to read a lot of them, but this, this I think is a good one to start with, then I'll back up. So um, Avatar very pointedly made references uh, to the colonial period in the Americas with all, this, with all its conflict and bloodshed between the military aggressors from Europe and the indigenous people, Europe equals earth, the Native Americans are the Navi. It's not meant to be subtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, he has stated that intention and that yeah. relation. And but the one that really I know set me off, you know, and I was I was kind of like looking at the memes and the boycotts and kind of like, oh shit, maybe there's something wrong here, but that's not quite enough for me. But then I saw yeah. this quote from him. Uh, yeah. This was a driving force for me in the writing of Avatar. I couldn't help but think that if the Lakota Sioux had had a time window and they could see the future and they could see their kids committing suicide at the highest suicide rates in the nation because they were hopeless and they were a dead-end society, which is which is what is happening now, they would have fought a lot harder. Yeah. Now, I received that as like, oh, fuck you, James Cameron. They fought as hard as they could. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Them. And I think you had a very different reaction. Oh, yeah, they didn't. They did not fight as hard as they could. I don't think anybody in human history, uh, I think dominantly people who are subjugated very rarely fought as hard as they could. Um, I see this with Holocaust movies all the time. They'll have things where there's like a crowd of like a hundred people. And they're like, I remember this one, they're like putting water on people and like freezing them to death. And then, but you look at like concentration camps, right? And you're like, wait, there was 16 guards and there was 3000 prisoners. When they were putting them on the trains, there was dozens of guards with guns and there was thousands of people. Hold on a second. That doesn't work. You cannot, you can't make people do things. And so I think, especially because I have over the past couple of years been like in a wake up place of like, no, that we're, <laughs> we're literally on the path to totalitarianism and people just watching it the past two or three years, people don't fight their hardest. People go, oh, it's fine. Let's just, they're taking care of us. They're going to do this. They have our best interests at heart. I guarantee they, I, I, and I would seen this in treaties made, right? We're literally like, okay, we're going to give you this land now that we've literally driven you from your land. And they promised land to various and sundry native peoples. And then they would just take it away. Part of the pacification of those people was constant lying to them. Um, and so in, if they could see the future and be like, wait, they were gonna lie to us and lie to us and lie to us? No. So when you come and go, hey, how about we do this? And we're just gonna have to move you here. We're just gonna live next to you. I mean, it. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just slaughtered everybody who landed on their shores. So in some ways they did not, they did not fight hard enough. We haven't been fighting hard enough the past two years. And I was like, and we have more guns than anyone's ever had. <laughs> so, and we don't fight at all. And honestly, and look at our, look at January 6th is a great example, right? People barely fought there, mad about some stuff, barely fought, literally killed no one. The only person, the only person killed was a, a protester, right? And for years now, aggressively shaming those people, you should have just just be peaceful, just stop it. Same thing with Black Lives Matter protests. And now a bunch of more people died. They actually killed people. So of course they made, made some more effort. But shame, there was an aggressive shaming from different cordons of anyone who protests and kind of brings up stuff. You're like, just chill out. If they're gonna work this out, 
stop it. You don't think they know what they're doing? You know what I mean? And I feel like that energy existed in Nazi Germany. It almost certainly existed amongst native people. So in some ways he's raising a controversial point perhaps, but it's completely true that like native peoples at the time were complicit in their own subjugation. Were they still absolutely the victims in this scenario? Like to the vast majority of, of adjudication? Absolutely. The, I think the villains of history are pretty clearly seen. And that's good. We should know that. But did they did they fight their hardest? No. No, absolutely. Absolutely not. But honestly, let's if you could look to, this is the the incorrectness of his thinking, I think. If you could look to the future and see, well, well, we're not all dead. Uh, we have, you know, we've got some stuff. We're still around each other. We still do powwows. So there's some sense of our culture. I guarantee if you could, people who could see the future back then, enough of the people who just kind of don't want danger would just be like, well, that's not that bad. And the same, it, I don't think it really would provoke that much stronger a, re, a reaction. So this is the binary of just like, if you could know how bad it could go, which we all know, then you'd fight your hardest. Because we all know in our modern society, we're pretty educated about history. We know how bad it could go over the past couple of years and people barely, we didn't really fight at all when things got weird. So I think that way it is controversial, but I don't think it's inaccurate. You, you lied. All right, so I know I know we need to come in front landing. I, I want to talk briefly about this thing that I first heard in the book, Sand Talk, called hmm. Post-Avatar Depression Syndrome, otherwise called PADS, nice acronym. And I, you know, at first I imagined or maybe hoped that this was like, oh, wow, people see these movies and they're like, holy crap, like, like you know, kind of like my journey, which is like waking up to like some of the whores that have been, you know, uh, perpetuated by my ancestors. But that's yeah. not it. Uh, my understanding of doing some research is that it's about seeing this really unbelievably well-produced version of a utopia, which is you know probably just sort of like the two like one step away. Where this is the best two D can get. Well, it's three D, yeah. but like still, it's still a screen versus yeah. virtual reality, total immersion. And yeah, what happens yeah. is people are immersed in this thing for this world for three hours, and it's utopic and even with all the violence, like the they're they're presented, the Navi are presented as kind of living in this utopic utopian life. And then they leave and they're like, oh crap, Earth sucks. My life sucks. I'm depressed. Yeah. Anyway, so I wanted to just drop that in and maybe give you the closing thought. No, it's just fascinating. Well, and in some ways, let's think about where that can take some people to a uh, a colonial impulse. In some ways, that's where the colonial impulse comes from. This place is better than our place. I want this place. I can't live without this place. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating that this is what the human mind does with any even attempt at utopia. And hopefully we find our utopia in, in common Congress instead of rapacious uh, seizing. That's, well, my, that's my hopeful ending. I appreciate that. I'm grateful as always that we can come together and talk about uh, things. Uh, I don't know that we have a clear conclusion. Is this movie racist? Um, I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a probably yes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a no question mark. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> I love you. I'll see you soon. I, I love you too. I love the princesses. I would give them your love. Bye. Bye.